KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. It's KPBS Midday Edition. I'm Maureen Kavanaugh. And this is National Poetry Month. Here in San Diego, we have a new poet laureate, Jason Magabo Perez. And the state of California recently named a new poet laureate, Lee Herrick. Both poets laureate will take the stage together this Friday at the Downtown Library for a poetry event. Here with a closer look, as well as some other art and culture events this weekend, is KPBS arts producer and editor Julia Dixon-Evans. Julia, hi. Hi, Maureen. Thanks for having me. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. Tell us about Jason Magabo Perez. He's our new San Diego Poet Laureate. Yeah, he just kind of took the posting in January. He is a professor at Cal State San Marcos, and he has two books out. They're they're kind of blends of poetry, oral history. There's some fiction, storytelling. And he has another book due out soon, in fact. And he read at the the mayor's State of the City address in January. Um, He read this poem called We Draft Work Songs for the City, Uh, It's an incredible poem. He's such a rhythmic poet. And um, he joined us on Midday Edition that month and talked about why he'd picked that poem. I really wanted to share my love with the city. And so the longer version of that poem references three general areas where I lived in San Diego for a good amount of time. But I think perhaps most importantly, demonstrating my solidarity and love for the workers. I was raised by workers, you know, blue-collar workers. I know we're all workers, but wanting to put that frame in the poem and share that with working people. So in general, what brings all these poets together this weekend? So this event is put together by the San Diego Poetry Annual, the San Diego Writers Festival, and the Library Foundation. There's other organizations, too, involved. Um, They're going to have live music, a mini book fair, food and drinks to buy, and, of course, a bunch of poetry readings Gil Sotu will read, former San Diego Poet Laureate Ron Salisbury will read, but it all centers on this annual Cowett Prize. Yeah, tell us about the Cowett Prize. So it's named after Steve Cowett, who was this legendary poet and educator who died in 2015, who's San Diego-based. And every year since, the people who put together the San Diego Poetry Annual, they run a contest and publish the top poems and, and recognize the winners in this event. The, the winner this year, um, the, well, the 2022 winner is Julia Levine. She's the Poet Laureate of Davis, California. So she'll be here and she will read. So that's a, a lot of Poets Laureate in one place. <laughs> Let's talk about the new California Poet Laureate, Lee Herrick. He's from Fresno. And, you know, it seems like a, a big undertaking to represent the entire state of California with your poetry. What do you know about his work? Yeah, so he was he was named in November, and he's actually the first Asian American to be selected as California's Poet Laureate. He was born in South Korea and then adopted by a white American family and then moved to the Bay Area when he was just a baby. So he spent almost his entire life in California. 
So I, I talked to him recently, and when I asked him about what it means to be a California poet, uh, he says that a lot of that is wrapped up in the geography of the state and also the, the different landscapes across this really big area, but also the makeup of the people. What makes a California poet? It's a good question. You know, so many of the great poets here that I admire are writing from some experience of immigration or otherness, arrival, discovery, opportunity, things like that. And I think those threads run through California in general as well. You've said that you listened to a lot of rap growing up. I'm wondering how that shaped your relationship with poetry and how does the the rhythm and the meter of, of rap parallel a poem? You know, probably in high school, early high school, a friend of mine gave me a, a blank mixtape of Run DMC. And at that time, I had been listening to Led Zeppelin and Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix. And when I discovered rap, this was in the early to mid-80s, groups like Public Enemy and groups where there was some real lyricism and energy and even a politicized consciousness, it just really spoke to me. And it might have been because my age, you know, I was a teenager and filled with angst and questions and things like that. But I loved the energy of rap music. I didn't love some of the misogyny and other things, but I, I loved the energy of it and the anger of it. And I think those things translate to poetry. You gave us some names there. I'm wondering if there's a particular song that comes to mind as a favorite, especially when you're thinking about your own writing. Yeah, um, that's a great question. So Public Enemy was a group where their first album is called Yo Bum Rush the Show. and Their, their second album is called It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back. And there's one song called Black Steel in the Hour of Chaos. I got a letter from the government the other day. I opened and read it. It said they were suckers. They wanted me for their army or whatever. Picture me giving a damn. I said never. Yeah, some of those lyrics were very charged and sort of had some visceral effect on me, and they still do. Your poetry captures the food of California so well. And one of your most famous poems, My California, is a really great example of this. How do you approach writing about food and what makes California food so integral to your writing? Mm. Well, it's interesting. I don't know that I've ever started or entered a poem thinking I was going to write a poem about food. But I think with a lot of poems, the things that are with us or occupy us or haunt us are going to find their way into the poem. With food, I often think about the democratic qualities of something like street food or a stand on the side of the road that's much more accessible or a little bit easier for a person to start up a business. And so with food, I'm thinking about the people who farm it and grow it. You know, I'm thinking about the the families who put kids through college by their farming. 
I've got some family who are farmers in Southern California. So it's often the people that I think about and also how it nourishes us and how it sustains us. I'm wondering if there's something to that, kind of a sense memory um, associated with tastes and smells that is grounded in place. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, before I came to California, I was born in South Korea and adopted at 10 months. And I often think that even though I was an infant and I was pre-language for the most part, I had to have been influenced by the food and the smells and the culture of Korea. So arriving here in California, where there's such a bounty of fresh food and fruits and vegetables anywhere, it's it's hard for me at least not to think about California as synonymous with great food. You mentioned your background and your adoption. You've written poetry about this also. How do you bring that background into your art? Those are some of the hardest things, I think, for many writers, at least for me, is, is bringing those difficult subjects that might be rooted in trauma, like adoption is, or, or some kind of struggle. It, it took many years for me. I try to be true to the emotion or the question. I, I don't think, at least with adoption, I don't think we have to have all the answers maybe we discover what we're thinking through the writing. And I think that's part of the beauty of creative writing or or poetry is that we can invent and we can create. And for adoption being rooted in such loss and grief, writing was always a place of freedom, honestly. Uh, It was a place of imagination and wonder and even salvation in some ways. Do you have a little something that you could read for us? Sure. I thought I'd read this short poem titled Stay. I am not what you thought an ocean would look like. But once a fire starts in you, there will always be ash. There are long walks, thank goodness. There are woods to be small in. There are anchors to the world so you will not fly away before it is time. The miracle of grass, even though you may forget it, the fact that you are loved, even though you may forget it. And what a miracle that is, being loved, or more so, that you are a wide blue ocean capable of loving you churning body of sea life who survived the oil spills, the broken glass, the dead birds floating in the bay. Mm, Thank you for that. As your time as Poet Laureate of California continues, you're talking about this sort of platform called Our California, something that you're building towards during this time. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Essentially, it'll be an open invitation to any Californian of any age or background, documented or not, any person who would like to write a poem about their town or city or their California, if you will, 
It can be what they love about it and what beauty they find in it. It can also be about what they don't love about it and what they would change. Or it could be about an experience or memory rooted in place. But that hopefully will be up on the California Arts Council website in a couple of months. And all of the poems that we receive will be posted on the California Arts Council website. We're very excited about that. Lee Herrick is the California Poet Laureate. Lee, thank you so much. Thank you. And that big poetry event takes place Friday at 6.30 at the Central Library. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. And you're going to tell us about what else is going on in arts and culture this weekend. For instance, Julia, there's a lot going on with the Barrio Art Crawl. Right. So it's monthly and it happens this Saturday. It runs noon to eight o'clock. And in particular this month uh, in Logan Heights, you can catch a special presentation from the Fern Street Circus. They're going to kick off their spring neighborhood tour. They'll be doing that at Memorial Park at 2 p.m. And they have a bilingual ringmaster, Mimo Mendez. And then also in Barrio Logan, along Logan Avenue, there's something like 30 galleries and a ton of shops, a bunch of food options as well. One thing I'm looking forward to, just because it's going to be really cute, is at Luna Bloom Shop. They're having a little artist's kids' art exhibition. Um, And then also at Bread and Salt, there is some new stuff, and some of the older exhibitions are still on view, so if you haven't had a chance to check those out, now's the time. It's good to know that you like those really cute things. (laughs) (laughs) You're not always a highbrow art classicals. You like little kids' art, too. Thank you, Julia, (laughs) for that. Okay, so next up is an art block party at the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego in La Jolla on Sunday. Yeah, this is uh, one of their Prebis play days at the museum. They have free art-making activities. This time they're inspired by these playground paintings by Amy Adler. One of those is actually on view at the museum, but basically it's going to be a chance for kids and families to map out and draw their favorite playgrounds. There's a group music lesson. There's a story time. But the museum is free all day for anyone, regardless of your age. Let's close out with some music. You have a local show on your radar at the Casbah on Saturday night. Who's performing? This is a band called Jupiter Flight. They're three brothers, Jorge, Ricardo, and Daniel Quevedo. Uh, The drummer is the vocalist, which is always super fun to watch live. Um, I get kind of a Black Rebel Motorcycle Club vibe, but also a little bit of Billy Idol from this band. This is one of the tracks from a recent EP they put out. And also, Nightlapse is performing. They'll open. They're a Chula Vista Tijuana band, so two great bands right there. You can find details on all of these and more and sign up for Julia's weekly KPBS Arts newsletter at kpbs.org slash arts. I've been speaking with KPBS Arts producer and editor Julia Dixon-Evans. Julia, thank you. Thank you, Maureen. Have a good weekend. 
KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota. Let's go places.